Can the Baltimore Ravens secure a sweep of the Cleveland Browns in their Week 10 matchup? We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, we're your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making Locked On Ravens your first listen each and every single day. We're free and available on all podcasts and platforms. That includes a video form on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts in audio form. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. And use code lowercase lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We are back here. It's a crossover Thursday edition episode, which means we're talking with Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns as Baltimore has their big Week 10 showdown with Cleveland at home. Now, the first time these two teams played was a Ravens win, 28-3. to We'll see if Cleveland can come into M&T Bank Stadium and get revenge, but Baltimore's played really well these past two home games, and uh, Cleveland's coming in to face a red-hot Ravens team. So without any further ado, we'll talk biggest matchups, key storylines, and a lot more with Jeff Wood of Locked On Browns. Jeff, this is a huge game in the middle of the season. The Ravens sitting at 7-2 and two on top of the AFC North and tied for the top spot in the AFC. The Browns here at 5-3 and three have rattled off some impressive wins, some close ones at that too. This AFC North division is incredible. All four teams, if the season started, if the playoffs started today, would make the postseason, which just I think tells you how deep this division actually is. But the last time these two teams matched up, we got kind of a, a late news drop right before the game started that Deshaun Watson would not be playing and that it would be DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and the rest is history as the Ravens won that 128-3. Uh, I, ironically enough, you would have thought the biggest news would have been that David Njoku suffered severe burns to his face the Friday night before the game. Not that Deshaun Watson all of a sudden was just not going to be able to go. Um, it, you know it's, it's it, at this point, it is what it is. I mean, you just put it in the rearview mirror if you're the Browns. Look, you're five and three, he's back. Um, the last two full starts he's had for the Cleveland Browns, he's been the best version we've ever seen. Um, and everybody wants to, you know, monitor the trade. Will it ever live up to uh, who cares at this point? I mean, the Browns only really have one more first round pick to give up to the Houston Texans anyway. Um, their GM has been incredible in his roster construction um this team is light years better now than when it was when they first made the trade for deshaun watson um as you mentioned these are two defenses that are just literally just smothering people right now and just i mean taking the life out of them you know granted obviously that is what the browns were supposed to do to the cardinals last week um but obviously a couple weeks before you know the cardinals were able to stay in and make it a football game against the baltimore ravens stay in the game maybe not necessarily make it a football game but, you know, Browns now, it, it's trying to get this offense up to par. Um, you know, Amari Cooper's been fantastic. David Njoku, they need to find a way to get him more involved. Uh, the running game, even though Nick Chubb has, he was lost week two, the running game has been about as solid as you can expect when you're rotating three guys in and trying to feature three guys. Um with what they are all bringing different strengths. Jerome Ford, I think Jerome Ford is somebody that could be impressive for the Browns, but I think there's been some 
I don't want to say mishaps as far as coaching them, but I think there's times where, you know, somebody's saying, Hey, you got to be patient here. You got to let the line set it up. And then there's times where it seems like he's leaving yards because he's trying to be too patient. Um, so the offense has to come around and this is going to be the key here over the next nine games. Um, this defense is a championship caliber ready. Absolutely. Um, but this is the NFL. They play in one of the best divisions in the entire NFL. Everybody is good. The offense is going to have to be able to contribute. And just unlike week two, they cannot let an opponent score 14 points off them. Obviously, the first game against the Ravens, the interception, I think it was Stevens early that led to the big return, and then the Ravens scored in the first play of that drive. Uh, the offense, it's not about treading water anymore. you got to be more of a force here. And I, yeah, I think the capability of that being possible with Deshaun Watson, who looked great on the deep ball, which was strange, because normally when a quarter come, quarterback comes back, you think, you know, the short game, that it, he struggled short game-wise. The, the long game is what was there, which, you know, hey, I'll take it. I ain't going to complain about that, obviously. Um, but this team needs to find a way to, you know, have the offense get better. The defense is playing really well. Special teams has been solid all year. They got a nice little B12 shot in the punt return game last week with James Proch uh, stepping in. So much so that he is now signed to the active roster. He's going to be the Browns punt returner for the foreseeable future. Um, but they just need the offense to you know be able to play in the 20s here. Um, we talk about the AFC North and the fact that you know all four uh, all four teams would be in the playoffs today. And we did a lot of lip service to this division going into this year, but we did the same thing in 2022 to the AFC West. That didn't work out. But so forth for right now, the AFC North is absolutely, you know, everything is advertised to this point. Yeah, I think I was the AFC West's biggest hype man last offseason. We all were. They, they we just, all were. They let me down in the <laughs> biggest possible way. But the North has lived up to the hype 100%. And on Baltimore's side of things, I think what people wanted to see, and I've said it so many times on Locked on Ravens, is the offensive consistency. There have been so many times this season where the Ravens have either started really strong, a great opening drive, a great second drive, but then kind of fizzled out as the game went on. I mean, against Cleveland, last time it kind of happened that way, where Baltimore gets out to the 21 to 3 lead at halftime. And obviously, game script plays a part, and you know, you want to just get out of there, you want to run the clock down so the play calling got conservative. But then there's the other side of that where the Ravens have started slow and then picked it up. Now, the last two home games for the Ravens has been the Lions and the Seahawks. They've outscored those two teams 75-9. to nine. The offense has been hitting on all cylinders, and those are two of the top teams in the NFC. It's not like they're bad football teams. But for the Ravens, that in-the-middle game against the Cardinals was the one because, you know, you assume it's Arizona. That was Josh Dobbs' last game there. And the Cardinals almost come back and beat the Ravens at the end of that. So I think that the Ravens have this thing, and every team does it where they play up to competition or down to competition. But Baltimore seems to be locked in this year. And even from a health perspective, Jeff, I think this is one of the biggest storylines, one of the key ones for me, because that Browns game that the Ravens played last time in week four, they did not have Ronnie Stanley, Odo Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Marlon Humphrey. They had a lot of starters out. But this time around, with the injury report for the Ravens, it is something that I don't think I have seen in probably – four or five years with this team, three total players on the injury report. One of them was Odo Beckham jr. Just for rest. Morgan Moses practiced in full with a shoulder injury on Wednesday. And then Michael Pierce with an illness. That's probably the best. Again, this team has had in a very long time. And outside of those first three weeks, Baltimore has been very, very healthy throughout the course of outside of that first three week stretch. But what about the Browns, Jeff? I know Nick Chubb has been lost for the year. I know Jedrick Wills also the offensive line, at least the tackle situation. You're going to have two backups in there considering Jack Conklin's already done. But what does it look like for Cleveland right now? Uh, well, the question will be Dewan Jones. And <laughs> this happened today. And, you know, people 
to just overanalyze. They asked James Hudson, you know, you know, well, what's your plan? He said, well, I'm going to be at right tackle today. Everybody automatically assumed Dewan Jones was getting shifted to the left side. No, Dewan Jones didn't practice. So uh, Jaron Christian, who was bought up from the practice squad, he is more familiar with the left side. Um, Hudson is the Browns swing tackle normally. So obviously he would have been the guy to go to the right side. Everybody thought there was this big move coming. Um, Dewan Jones, if he plays, you know, yes, the Browns are without two starting tackles, but you cannot talk about Dewan Jones now. Like he is not caliber of being a starting tackle. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, whoever plays left tackle and most likely it's going to be James Hudson. He's pretty good as a run blocker. Um, just not really there as far as a pass blocker. Look, and you know, the Browns always struggle. And I know we've had this conversation with you. I know I've had him with Chris Carter. It's on, they always struggle with the odd front. It's just not the best matchup for the Browns offense and their scheme. Um, I think, the, you know, otherwise injuries, you know, Nickel's going to be interesting, obviously, because rookie Cameron Mitchell went on an injured reserve after a phenomenal game Sunday against the Cardinals with a hamstring injury. Greg Newsom didn't practice today with a groin injury. So there you go. You could be down to your third nickel, which in my guess would be A.J. Green, who's been with the Browns for a while and he's been on the practice squad all year. Um, he can He's the best guy to probably come in and plug and play. You know what I'm saying? He's going to know the terminology. He's going to know his job. He's going to know the assignments. Obviously, he's not unfamiliar against playing against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but look, nobody's going to cry for a team that's five and three um and for the browns the most important player is now back in the fold and that is deshaun watson and you know as much as you know oh well you know he's coming back no man you make a boatload of money this team sacrificed a lot to bring you in you're supposed to be the guy who helps your team overcome these types of things um you know the nick chubbs thing it hurts it really does um, just because you know of the type of guy Nick was, but you got Kareem back in here, and you know, granted it's three point three yards per carry, and he's not blowing the world away, but it's five touchdowns in the last four weeks. You got a piece of that Nick Chubb type of personality, um, and something where you know everybody copes with it together. You know that they're missing this great player, um, but you know these are all the great things to talk about. But it would be more important if it was Deshaun Watson, or it would be more important if it was guys on the defensive side of the ball here. Um, you know, the Browns, you know, look, injury-wise, yes, it's a long list. It is. Um, but as far as, you know, key components, key factors, what could possibly lead them to this upset, those guys are in place. Right. And I think for both teams, talent on both sides, honestly, all three phases of the ball. And coming up in the second part of the show, we will be talking about some of the biggest matchups to look out for so be sure to stay tuned plenty to get to on both locked on ravens and locked on browns first this episode is brought to you by doordash and you know sometimes i'll be watching a game and i'll, I'll get hungry i want a snack or maybe i want to go get something to eat and i go to the fridge go get a snack and there's nothing there so when the game goes to a timeout or maybe it's halftime you know that's ordering time over with DoorDash. I don't know if the game clock stops. Honestly, you can go and order with DoorDash. And there are a couple different routes you can go. Maybe you want the, the game day package. So you want pizza, wings, sodas, burgers. DoorDash has that for you. Or if you're of the snack type, you want the chips, the dips, the nachos. Maybe you want to make nachos. You can get all of that over on DoorDash too. I know there are plenty of options in the Cleveland area for DoorDash. And in the Baltimore area, some of my favorites for sushi. You know, you can go Sushi Hana, pizza, underground pizza. There are plenty of things. So you get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Waiting down the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. And you can even get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash, then get ready to watch your team win again. That's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCK23, 
subject to change terms apply again don't forget to use code lock 23 for 50 percent off of the 10 dollar value on your first order waiting down the doordash app and spend 15 dollars or more subject to change terms apply we're back here it's our second segment of locked on ravens and locked on browns kevin ostriker of locked on ravens still here with jeff lloyd of locked on browns as we dive into a very big week 10 divisional matchup between these two teams the ravens getting the better of the browns in week four in cleveland now the browns travel to baltimore to try to get one back from this seven and two Ravens football team. Now, Jeff, when you talk about matchups, you have to look at both these defenses right now and just the way they're playing. I think these are the top two defenses in the league, talent at all three levels. And when I look at Ravens versus Browns, at least Browns defense versus Ravens offense, I mean, every single time you talk Browns, you have to talk Miles Garrett first. <laughs> he's just, he's that good of a player. He was dominant. In the Ravens week four win, the Browns end up losing that game, but he had three quarterback hits, had a sack in that one as well. But it's not just him this year. They've brought in Dalvin Tomlinson and Darius Smith and Shelby Harris, and they've beefed up that defensive front that I know, Jeff, for years needed it in the worst way in Cleveland. Now, the Ravens offensive line has played really well this year. The one question mark, though, and this might surprise people who don't watch the team, is Ronnie Stanley. Stanley has not looked like his Ronnie Stanley self. And look, I think you can probably attribute some of that to the injury that happened all, uh, what seems like it was all those years ago against Pittsburgh when TJ Watt goes in the ankle. Multiple surgeries, multiple years to come back from that. But having some trouble dropping the anchor, got beat really badly last week by Boye Mafe on a Lamar Jackson strip sack. Also got bulled over by Leonard Williams. But John Simpson has played super physical at the left guard position. Tyler Linderbaum is having an all-pro season at center. Kevin Zeitler, former Brown, has been the steady veteran presence that he has been at so many different places now. And Morgan Moses slash Patrick McCary have been both really solid this year. So for me, it all starts in the trenches for both teams. And I think that's one to watch, especially for a Ravens offense that, again, these past two home games has just run away with these games on offense. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels like Browns Ravens play like once every three weeks. I mean, it, and maybe it's just the years, Kevin, that you and I have been doing these shows together. Um, but things that I like in this matchup is I like Jim Schwartz. Um, I, I like Jim Schwartz. And, you know, what did we not do right last time? And, you know, obviously there's going to be changes for the Baltimore Ravens, more personnel on the field for them that weren't involved in the first game. Um, but, you know, for a guy like Jim Schwartz, that's the absolute challenge. That is what fuels a guy like this. Um, last week was probably the best effort of the Browns defensive line to this point. You got it from everybody. You got it from Shelby Harris. You got it from Miles Garrett. You got it from Dalvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith, Agbanaya, Onkaronkwo. Um, you know, I've been screaming for line depth for the, you know, for the Browns since I've been covering this team starting in 2017. Um, it's all come to fruition now and when you start to talk to other players on this team or you hear other players on this defense talk from the linebacker position the secondary position martin emerson well, what's so easy for you why does it look like it's so easy all the defensive line because these basically guys are basically covering for two and a half seconds so, so either the ball's in the air within two and a half seconds or the play's dead um and there's like no like joke to it that's literally how well it's gone and how quick it's gone i mean seattle was smart used a quick passing game um that probably favors lamar even more than it did geno smith with the long release that geno smith has you know lamar obviously a lot more of a dart thrower quicker throw where the ball gets out of his hand quicker but you know and the browns i think understand what's at stake here um and you know they understand that most likely they do not win this game they're going to be in last place the odds that all four teams in this division are going to make the playoffs as great as that conversation is right now 
the odds are not there that this is going to trend that way, you know, come once week 18 is done. Nobody believes it's going to work that way. There's going to be too much attrition when these guys start playing each other, and some people are going to slip in the rankings, obviously. Um, and once they start playing, everybody, nobody, you know, they all can't stay consistent at the same records. Somebody's going to have to lose these games. Um, so, you know, and then there's, you know, the Odell thing being brought back, I, you know, I, I don't think the Browns are worried about Odell Beckham Jr., but I think it's just more of, you know, he's there, which means you do have to think about him, but it's Bateman, it's obviously Andrews, it's Flowers. And once you equate the fact that Odell Beckham Jr., who may be a quite expensive wide receiver three, um, he is still a guy as a wide receiver three that, you know, certainly scares you there is a threat to him of course from that instance um and then there's you know obviously they run the ball well with Gus Edwards and then all of a sudden you know you finally you know tell the rookie Keaton Keaton Mitchell hey let's see how we can get you involved and now they bring in a running back that's even faster than Justice Hill who's an issue obviously himself um so you know the Ravens certainly have it going from that standpoint um so you know you're definitely concerned there but you know look I think the Browns defense is capable of making this a game. And I'll go back to what I said in the beginning is, you know, I, I understand the why it did not work out for the Browns in the first matchup. Obviously, you know, you can't tell a rookie fifth round pick at basically 1045 in the morning, this is your game today. It, it, you know, it's just, you know, it was a bad, bad spot for everybody Browns wise involved. Um, but this is why he's here. This is why he makes $230 million guaranteed. Everybody in that front office in Berea believes that Deshaun Watson is the guy that can lead you through these games. Um, and as much as everybody, you know, feels good about, you know, his, his most recent game against the Cardinals, his best start before that of the Tennessee Titans, these are the games he's going to ultimately be judged upon is, you know, how are you going to do in a clutch situation against a divisional opponent? Yeah. And in these divisional games, they, they just get really wonky sometimes. Obviously there was more of a defined game. Part of that had to do with the fact that yes, DTR got the start and, a fifth round rookie in his first NFL game going up against what this Ravens defense has done this season. It hasn't just been the Browns has been everybody. This defense is just steamrolled through. But for me, I think also Jeff, when you're talking about the Ravens defense, I mean, I just think getting some pressure on Deshaun Watson will be key. And that is, you know, defensive line, obviously, but if you can send some guys on free blitzes, the Ravens like to use Kyle Hamilton on some safety blitzes. Arthur Millette, their slot corner, they send him as well. Mike McDonald schemes up all these pressures, stunts, twists, whatever you want to say. He's not the aggressive Don Martindale, well, we're going to live by the blitz and die by the blitz. I know we saw that for many years here in Baltimore. But McDonald is still an aggressive coordinator in different ways. You mentioned Brandon Stevens earlier. He did have the interception against Cleveland, but Marlon Humphrey now back. He's doing Marlon, Marlon Humphrey things. I'm sure that Amari Cooper versus Marlon Humphrey matchup is going to be big this time. I also think that in the safety department, we'll see if Marcus Williams comes back. Maybe what I would expect is them to hold him out this week because the Ravens have a Thursday night matchup with the Bengals just a couple days after this one. So maybe they want to have Marcus Williams fully, fully back and don't want to have him play two games in five days. But Geno Stone has stepped in and is the interceptions leader right now with six. He's been incredible. Justin Matabike in the middle of that Ravens defensive line, seven and a half sack. He's on pace for the most interior defensive line sacks that the Ravens player has had since 2006 with Trevor Price. So they have so many playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. But part of it, too, was going to be on the ground because Cleveland had a weird game running the ball, Jeff. 
in week four. Now, Elijah Moore had that negative 20-yard carry where he should have just gone down after the six-yard loss but decided to try to make something out of nothing, and it was nothing out of nothing. Pierre Strong then had the 40-yard run right at the end of the game, so it was really hard to kind of tell. But for the most part, I mean, Jerome Ford had the most carries, an average 2.9. He got Kareem Hunt. He, I think he was just signed at that point. He didn't have a strong game, but at this point, if you can make that Browns offense one-dimensional, I always say it, any offense, if you can make them one-dimensional and take that aspect out, Cleveland's running game can be a threat. I'm a big Jerome Ford guy. I think he's great. He was my draft crush last year, and I wanted the Ravens to get him. Cleveland swooped him from me. But I think that for Baltimore, if you can eliminate Cleveland's ground game or at least not make it an issue, not get gashed that way, you can be more free-flowing in your in your play calling because you're not as worried about the play action because it doesn't work anyway then. Oh, there's no doubt. And, you know, I, I, th- I think the Browns are going to have to make a commitment to and look, even if it's not working, um, you still got to use it. You know what I'm saying? Look, second and eight is better than second and 13. Um, so just you know, be committed. And this has always been an issue. Um, and, and Nick Chubb didn't always have his greatest games against the Baltimore Ravens. And sometimes there were some miraculous runs. Where, that was an amazing run. Yeah, that's great. He still only lost one yard because, you know, he had to dodge three people on the backfield and still running for his life. Um, but you got to be committed to it because, you know, so much comes off of it. Um, you know, the boot game, a lot of it is play action. You know, the screen game is going to lose a lot of luster if you're not, there's no threat of running the ball. Um, so that is going to be key. And look, you know, Pierre Strong didn't practice today. I, I think that's just a guy that has a different skill set that, you know, Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford don't have. Not many running backs in the NFL run 4-3, but didn't practice today. So then it probably puts, the, the you know, on Ford, on Kareem Hunt. And, you know, Kareem, it's you know, just more of a slower bang-it-out type. Um, you're not going to bang out a lot of runs against this Baltimore Ravens defense and Roquan Smith. It's just not the way it works. Um, but, again, you look, he's here for a reason, Deshaun Watson. And there may be a little bit of unknown, obviously, you know, because, you know, I think you scheme for Amari Cooper, you scheme for David Njoku, you know, can you maybe get the rookie Cedric Tillman involved? Can you finally get this Elijah Moore game that we all think is coming where maybe it's a six for a hundred? Um, Cause he's just got all that ability. It just seems wherever this guy goes to the Jets and now even the Browns guy gets open all the time, just never seems to get the ball thrown his way. Um, but it's going to take a lot of effort on the Browns on the offensive side of the ball here. And it's, you know, look, last week was great. And it's great that you beat the Arizona Cardinals 27 to nothing, but you basically went from playing, you know, division one double a to, you know, basically your top, conference rival here this week um this offense has to come and has to be ready to play coming up in the final part of the show we'll be talking about how the ravens and the browns can both win this game so again be sure to stay tuned we still have a lot to get to on both locked on ravens and locked on browns first this episode is brought to you by jace medical and we spend a lot of time talking together you and i whether it's with me on locked on ravens or jeff over on locked on browns we get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And we're really thankful for the connection that we have with the listeners and the watchers of our respective shows. And today, let's make the chat a little bit more personal. Now, with Jace, you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? You can bring it on extended travel. You can bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, Reviato prescriptions, and that's possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. You can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. And a verified customer had this to say about Chase. They said, I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered my most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered antibiotic kits. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you're someone 
or if you or someone you know would love to get some peace of mind by having your supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. We are back here, locked on Ravens, locked on Browns. Kevin Ostriker, Jeff Lloyd still hanging out with you here. Jeff, this is a huge one for both teams. The Ravens can, I think, get more of a grip on this division if they win it. The Browns can get themselves closer into that division race and in the playoff race right now. I think every win, especially as you kind of get into the November months, December, that's important. Plus, this is a this is a visual matchup. So this is the biggest type of win a team can have. Now, in terms of what the Browns need to do to win this game, we've kind of talked about it throughout the course of the show, but what are a couple of points that the Browns absolutely have to make in order for them to have a shot to beat the Ravens here? Uh, they're going to need some turnovers, um, and it's not something Lamar Jackson does. Um, so whether it's maybe through rushing the passer and, you know, basically turnovers that Lamar can't control, you know, obviously, you know, blind pass rusher getting his hand on the ball, um, that's something they're absolutely going to need to do. Um, it's a little early to tell, obviously, about what they're exactly going to have as far as their offensive line. We know it's not going to be Jedrick Wills. Um, Jedrick Will, uh, Dewan Jones, a little more banged up than he was the week before, but he did make back to practice last week by Thursday. We'll see. And, it, you know, hopefully that's going to be the same path to Juan James, uh, Juan Jones takes here this week, but, you know, winning the turnover battle. Um, they've been really good penalty wise. Um, that's not really been an issue for them. Um, their specials have been good. Baracqua has been fantastic. Hopkins has been absolutely incredible as far as, you know, the transition coming in here after what they went through last year with Cade York. Um, but you're just going to need to step up on offense and it's going to have to be somebody besides Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. Um, I'm sure the Ravens are going to do everything they can to take Amari Cooper away. Obviously, Geno Stone uh, been fantastic. He'll be a guy, obviously, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, pairing up, obviously, to, you know, keep Amari from, you know, anything deep. Um, so it's going to have to be the Elijah Morris of the world. It's going to have to be the Cedric Tillman's of the world or Coach Stefanski, like he did in Seattle. It's going to have to continue to get creative with the screen, screen game and, you know, basically just make guys think they're seeing what they essentially are not seeing. Um, it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be a close one. I think the Browns are going to come to play. It's not the absolute end of the world for the Browns if they don't win this game. But, you know, any thoughts and hopes of obviously trying to win an AFC North title are probably gone. The AFC North title itself might be gone if the Browns don't win this game, because I think Baltimore is just going to have that much room and that type of breathing room here. Um, that's going to probably make their lives a lot easier going down the stretch here. Um, prediction wise, uh, you know, I, I got to take my team to win, but I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a closer game than I think people are anticipating. I think a lot of people forget all that went on that first game and who was involved and who was not necessarily involved and teams are a little bit more at full strength here. Um, you know, it's, you know, I mean, they, 23 20 it's going to be a close one and i wouldn't it wouldn't stun me if it was a hopkins or a tucker late field goal game. that probably proved to be the difference two of the best kickers in the league i mean obviously justin tucker to me is number one they've been saying a lot of that a lot of two of the best two of the best yeah, in this game, yeah. it's what it, it's what it is and i think that for the ravens i think one you got to go to what's been working against cleveland and that's been mark andrews cleveland has had a tough 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 time stopping Mark Andrews since Lamar and Mark have took, taken the field together. And Mark Andrews in week four was the, the star of the show again. Two touchdowns for him, five receptions for 80 yards. For me, if, I want, if I'm going away from Mark Andrews or I'm the Ravens, I would have to see the Browns stop it first. You know, mm-hmm. Odell having him back is awesome. Rashad Bateman, same thing. But for Baltimore, have Cleveland go send two or three guys to Mark Andrews every play, and then you can work on the one-on-ones with Zay, with Odell, and with Rashad Bateman. Now, something that the Ravens have done with Odell recently is put him in the slot 
And I think that has unlocked a couple of his abilities a little more than when he was on the outside. And maybe, you know, you can work him in a little bit more to this offense. And I think that's really key for them. But also, as I mentioned earlier in the show, you just got to stop Miles Garrett. Like you just ha- you're never going to slow him down or you're never going to completely stop him. You just have to slow him down enough. And part of that is he's going to win. He's going to win some of his reps really hard too. And he's going to get there. Use the short game, use the screen game, use the check down game and get out into space. Lamar had a play against Detroit where it was supposed to be a designed run. He takes the ball. The Lions converge on him. Gus Edwards leaks out. He throws it to Gus. Gus gets 80 yards. Like it's it's those types of plays, the street ball that Lamar plays. Him and Mark Andrews especially do that together a lot where it's unscripted and it works because of the connection those guys have. So Deshaun Watson got the better of the Ravens in his only start against them back in 2022. He's 1-0 as a member of the Browns against Baltimore. But in this one, I think that you just have to scheme up your blitzes. And if you can shut down Amari Cooper, make someone else beat you in, in the wide receiver game. David Njoku is another pass-catching threat you talked about. But can it be a guy like Elijah Moore to finally step up? Donovan Peoples-Jones no longer in Cleveland. So is James Perchet going to be a guy that steps up? Former Raven, there's a storyline with that. It's an offensive and a defensive one. And now Kenyon Drake, I know, is a member of Cleveland. Now Zedaria Smith. We talked about that storyline last time. But I think that with the way the Ravens are playing, you mentioned how it's not a drastic situation if Cleveland loses. If Baltimore loses, they've given themselves enough wiggle room to still feel okay. It's not going to be great if they do because you obviously lose a leg up in the division. You lose a leg up in the loss column, the AFC conference column as well. But I think with the way they're playing right now, the confidence they have in the mindset, it's really hard for me to pick against them, especially against the Browns team that I do think can match up with the Ravens in certain aspects for sure. But I just think that the Ravens have so much firepower on defense, like the Browns, but then I look to the offensive side of the ball, and I want to see them go out there against this Ravens defense and do it first. So I'm going to pick the Ravens. I think it will be close, too. It's not going to be an easy win for either team, regardless of who wins it. I'm going to say Baltimore wins this one 24-22, a really close game where I, I think that there will be enough scoring to go around, but the defensive play is going to be really high, too, in my opinion. Oh, there's no question about it. Um, you know, and the Browns are going to come in here, obviously looking to give their best effort here against a team that's, you know, given them some nightmares over the years. Um, and for the Browns, this is the peak here. This is what you're aiming for. You know, you play really well against the Cincinnati Bengals. You can control every game that Cincinnati plays against everybody else. Um, I think we all think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are running on, you know, a gas tank on empty at this point. Um, you know, that's for next week for Chris Carter. We'll talk soon, Chris. Um, but no, it should be a good one here, obviously. And, you know, whatever way it goes here, obviously it's going to give both teams eight games to not have to worry about the either one, either each other, I should say, and hopefully get themselves into some position here to be a part of the January party. Major shout out to Jeff for hopping on, talking Browns, talking Ravens with me. And I think this is going to be a very close divisional matchup. I know I've said that the past two home games with the Lions and the Seahawks say, oh, this is going to be close. And then we know what happened. The Ravens blew them out 75 to nine combined, but Cleveland has a great defense and I think it's going to be a really good game overall. But that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much again for tuning in, whether you're in every day or you listen every single day, if this is your first time in, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you come back and if you're somewhere in the middle, thank you for your support as well. Be sure to again, subscribe, follow along in audio form and subscribe on subtext. If you like for more exclusive Ravens content, Lockdown Ravens content, and more coming up tomorrow. I'll be rounding out the show talking Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.